if I'm willing to stay committed and I'm willing to be resourceful and gritty and really figure out how to push past that obstacle, I might be able to discover that what looks like a wall is actually a door or a window that I can learn to move through. Mindset is truly at the center of your ability to have a strong, powerful, effective presence in meeting rooms. Every time I face discomfort and I make it through on the other side, my self-confidence grows and I feel so much more unstoppable and badass. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Jess. I am the host and creator of the Art of Speaking Up podcast. I'm a coach for professional women who are interested in building upwardly mobile careers and rising up into leadership. I am here to help you build confidence, help you develop an unstoppable communication style, and really give you as many tools as I possibly can and as much encouragement, motivation, and inspiration as I possibly can to support your professional growth. And I'm very excited about the topic of today's episode because it's under the umbrella topic of one of my favorite things, which is mindset. This has just been so huge in my own career, my own evolution, and in my coaching work as well. I started this podcast. A lot of you might know this, right? But I started this podcast because I was stuck in my nine-to-five and corporate career for a while. I was really lacking in self-confidence and having troubles finding my voice and having troubles just kind of holding my own in the workplace and in rooms with leaders. I felt very intimidated. I experienced a lot of imposter syndrome. And what I found was that a lot of resources that were out there were just too surface level. And this made me feel very alone and very stuck. And I know this is something that you might experience as well. You're experiencing self-doubt. You're struggling with your confidence. You're, you know, you want to grow and you're finding these professional development resources that are giving you surface level advice, surface level tips. And while it's helpful, it's not taking you deep enough to experience a meaningful shift in your self-confidence. And this can make you feel like, oh, maybe something's wrong with me. Like, why is this so hard for me? Why am I not growing? But really, it's nothing that's wrong with you. It's just that when you're trying to develop professionally, you typically need a combination of tactical surface level tips, along with deeper mindset work that can help you with the self-confidence piece. That's why I love mindset work, because it's the perfect complement to the typical professional development training that is out there. 
because it helps you build more belief in yourself and your capabilities. And it is that belief and that self-confidence that actually helps you bring all the wonderful skills that you're learning to life, right? You can have tons of skills. You can know all the ins and outs of strong communication and strong leadership and strong execution, but you're going to need mindset to help you get through those difficult moments where you kind of want to hide and where you feel like you don't have the courage to have a voice in the room. And in fact, that's what today's episode is about. Today's episode is all about mindset and helping you grow your mindset so that you can get better at being a strong, confident contributor in rooms that intimidate you, in rooms where leaders are present, maybe your boss is present, maybe executives are present. Typically, I know those are the types of rooms and the types of work environments that can create the most pressure because not only do you want to impress those stakeholders, right, because your boss and leaders have a ton of influence over your career path. So it's very important that you make a strong impression on them so that they get to know you and so that they see you as someone who has potential for leadership within the company. So not only do you want to impress them, but they're typically the hardest people to impress because they are the most intimidating because they have those years of experience, because they're more tenured than you at the company, right? So it's like this double-edged sword or two-sided coin. I guess double-edged sword would be the metaphor for this, where the most important people to impress at your company are typically the most difficult to impress because they are intimidating because of their tenure and experience. And what I want to unlock for you is that even if this feels hard, if it feels hard for you to have a strong presence in those rooms, hard doesn't mean impossible. I wrote this for myself on a post-it note. I believe it was like two or three years ago when I was transitioning this podcast to be my coaching business. I had a post-it. I want to try to find it, actually. I don't have it up anymore, which shows how far I've come. But I wrote, this is hard but not impossible. And it was such a helpful reminder for me that just because something feels hard doesn't mean I have to stop and also doesn't mean that I'm not going to achieve the outcome that I wanted to achieve. A lot of times our brains interpret hard as stop, or sometimes I think about it as our brains interpret something hard as being like a wall. All of a sudden, it feels difficult, it feels intimidating, we feel small, we're second-guessing ourselves, we're swirling in self-doubt, and our brain sees, oh, there's a wall, dead end, time to go turn around and go in the other direction. And I try to remind myself, that there are no walls, only doors and windows. So if I encounter something hard, it might seem like it's the end and I have to turn around. But if I'm willing to stay committed and I'm willing to be resourceful and gritty and really figure out how to push past that obstacle, I might be able to discover that what looks like a wall is actually a door or a window that I can learn to move through. And that's really what today's episode is about. It's about navigating the very tricky, very difficult obstacle of being in rooms with leaders and executives who have more experience than you and struggling to really hold your own in that room. It's something you can absolutely learn to do. It's something that I deeply struggled with in my career and that I became very comfortable with. 
as time went on and as I worked with this. And it's something that so many of my clients have struggled with and found the confidence to learn to work through the fears and the doubts and the second guessing so that they can contribute at their full potential in these situations. Before I go deeper into this, I want to share a super, super, super important announcement which is that next month, November 1st through November 7th, I'm going to be opening early enrollment for my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy. The Art of Speaking Up Academy is my signature group program where I help you build confidence in yourself and your capabilities and elevate your verbal communication skills. It is designed to help you develop the confidence that you need to participate powerfully and effectively in those higher stakes work conversations and meetings. And it is designed to teach you the communication skills you need to sound very effective, authoritative, and powerful when you do participate. Because the more you use your voice, the more important it is that your communication skills are concise and sharp. In the Art of Speaking Up Academy, I help you build the courage to use your voice more and build the communication skills you need to ensure that when you do use your voice, you are super impressive and making a powerful impression on your stakeholders and audience. This upcoming round of the Art of Speaking Up Academy will only initially be offered to those on the waitlist, and there is a very good chance that all of the spots in the cohort will be taken just by those on the waitlist. So I want you to make sure that you are on the waitlist if you are interested in getting a spot. Last round, when I opened enrollment just to the waitlist, all 10 spots in the academy were taken within two days. So that means no one who was outside of the waitlist had the opportunity to get a spot in that cohort. And so I want to set expectations that there's a very good chance that the waitlist will be the only way to get a spot in the upcoming cohort. To add yourself to the waitlist, head over to jessgusetcoaching.com slash academy, add yourself to the waitlist, and that ensures you're going to be first to find out about early enrollment for the Art of Speaking Up Academy. If you're thinking that you want to do the program, you're not 100% sure if it's right for you, please feel free to send me an email, jessica at theartofspeakingup.com, and I can help you figure that out. And now let's talk more about mindset, which is a huge part of my work, huge part of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. Mindset is truly at the center of your ability to have a strong, powerful, effective presence in meeting rooms. So what we're talking about today is you being in a meeting that feels very intimidating and uncomfortable for you. And the goal is for you to be able to move through that discomfort so that you can be an active participant in those rooms and for you to practice participating long enough that it stops feeling so uncomfortable. Because what tends to happen when we are willing to face discomfort over and over, which is very hard and requires a ton of courage and is not super easy to do, but when we are willing to do that, when we are willing to face discomfort over and over, what typically happens is that the discomfort shrinks over time. It's like our reward for being willing to show up and face the discomfort the reward is the uncomfortable thing becomes less uncomfortable. I think about it as being like paying off a loan or paying off a mortgage on a house, right? I remember when I had student loans and it was a huge, I had a huge amount of student loans when I started my career. And I remember that I was constantly just putting more and more payments into those student loans. And 
over time, they shrunk. And then over time, that created financial flexibility for me. Similar to buying a house, right? You keep on paying this mortgage over and over and over and over, but then you own a house and it belongs to you. I think of facing discomfort as like making those mortgage deposits, making those loan payments, right? It's difficult, it's effort that we have to put in, but it's actually effort that's building towards a long-term asset. And the long-term asset is us growing more comfortable in those difficult situations. What I wanna equip you with in today's episode is a mindset tool that you can use to help you show up, face the discomfort, take action anyway, and make those deposits so that these situations can feel more natural and more comfortable over time. Because it really is true that something that used to feel uncomfortable can feel comfortable. It can be hard to imagine that when you're at the beginning of the journey, and it can be hard to imagine, like, I could never feel at ease in that room with those leaders and those executives, but it's possible as long as you're willing to put in the effort. And I want to help you do that in today's episode. Interrupting quickly just to let you know, the art of speaking up is an explicit show. This episode might contain an F-bomb or two. We wanted you to know if that's important to you. And now it's time to get back to the show. But put some headphones on if you're around your kiddo. So I want to share a two-part mindset framework that has personally changed things for me so much and has helped me stick with things that are very, very hard. And my view about success and about building a career that you are very proud of and basically about attaining anything you want in your career, right? Like literally anything, whatever title you want, whatever career path you want, my view is that to attain those big goals that you have, it's not about being super smart. It's not about being perfect. It's not about getting it right all the time. It's just about being willing to be very committed and very gritty and stick with it. And I personally love this perspective because it takes off the pressure of you having to be perfect and having to already feel ready and confident and like you already have it all figured out. It's just about staying committed. And this is a framework that I use in my mind to help me stay committed. And I hope it'll also help you stay committed. So I'm gonna share two contrasting ideas with you. And I'm gonna talk about what each one of them means and how you want to think about each one in order to help you Build the courage to be more vocal in intimidating meeting rooms so that you can get through that messy middle and so that it can feel more comfortable over time. The two ideas I want to share with you are circumstance versus willingness. Circumstance versus willingness. So I'm going to share first what circumstance is. Circumstance is something that is happening outside of you in your environment that you cannot control. It is something that is outside of your control that you cannot impact. So some example of circumstances in the context of a meeting or work conversation that feels intimidating or that feels scary would be the topic of the meeting, right? If it's someone else's meeting, if it's not your meeting where you control the agenda, then you don't have any control over the topic of the meeting. That's out of your control, which means how comfortable you are with the topic, how much of an expert you are, that's totally out of your control. That's just going to be whatever it's going to be. 
Another thing that's out of your control, again, if it's not your meeting, is who's invited to the meeting, who's there. It's out of your control whether the individuals in that meeting are going to be more experienced than you and have more knowledge than you and have been at the company more years than you. If it's not your meeting, you just got to show up and whoever's there is going to be there. And there's nothing that you can do to change that unless it's your meeting, right? And you control the invite. Another thing that you can't control is how the conversation is flowing. You can't control whether people in the meeting are talking fast. You can't control whether people are are interrupting each other. You can't control whether the conversation feels unstructured and there's not a lot of open space for you to just jump in. That's something outside of you that is also a circumstance. It's something that you cannot control. It is just going to be happening, right? You can't control the personalities, how vocal people are, how assertive people are. That is all outside of you. Another thing that you can't control is your default reaction. When you are in a room, you might have default conditioned involuntary responses that you experience, right? Maybe you go into fight or flight. Maybe you start to experience a really strong emotion of fear or overwhelm. That's also something that you can't control. I think of all of these things as circumstances, right? We cannot control the topic of the meeting. We cannot control who's in the room. We cannot control how the conversation goes. We cannot control our default reaction. These things are circumstances that are outside of us that are typically going to make the situation difficult. Now, I want to contrast circumstances with what I call willingness, because what I'm explaining to you in today's episode is circumstances versus willingness. Willingness is everything that you can control. Everything that is movable. I think of circumstances as immovable. You cannot move them. You cannot change them. They just are what they are. And there's no point in trying to move them because they cannot be moved. Whereas I think of willingness as everything that you can move, everything that you can impact or influence. A way to understand circumstance versus willingness is sometimes I think about video games, right? I was just playing a ton of Mario with my partner. He got the Raspberry Pi, which if I didn't know what that is, so if, if you're like, what? <laughs> That's how I was too. That the Raspberry Pi is this console that you buy and it has all of the games ever created for all of the old video gaming systems. So like the original Nintendo Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, like all of the old school video gaming systems and all of the games ever are all coded onto this one little device. So we've been playing a lot of Mario. And I think about circumstances as being like all of the obstacles in each Mario level that are just there and they're going to be in the level no matter what. You're going to have the turtles. Sometimes you have the fireballs flying at you. Sometimes you have Bowser coming at you. Sometimes there are like spiky balls or if it's a water level, there's like those fish swimming around that you have to try to not touch, right? Like they're just there and you can't play a video game just by hoping that the circumstances are not there, right? Like just by hoping that those difficult obstacles aren't there. Instead, you have to focus on what you can do as Mario to get around the obstacles. That's what I think about as willingness. Willingness is everything that I can do as the protagonist, as Super Mario, to get around those obstacles. So I can try to get a mushroom at the mushroom house. I can try to get a flower for flower power. I can keep practicing the level so that I get better 
at avoiding the fireballs or the fish, right? I could try to find a shortcut. I could ask for help in beating the level. So willingness are all the things that I can do as Mario to try to move past the difficult circumstances, which are immovable. They will be there no matter what. So I shared some examples of circumstances that you might face in a meeting, right? So if we think of your meeting as like a Super Mario level, some of the difficult things flying at you are that the topic is unfamiliar to you and the people in the room are more experienced than you and the conversation is flowing super quickly and there's not a lot of open space to jump in and maybe emotionally you're not feeling super great. Those are all circumstances. They're immovable. But I also want to talk about willingness and the things that are movable. Here is everything that you can do regardless of the circumstances. What you can do is you can decide how committed you are, how committed you are to being helpful in the room, how committed you are to making sure that your brain and your thinking is being fully utilized in that conversation as much as possible to help move the project or the discussion or the problem forward. You can also decide and you also get to control how much discomfort you are willing to tackle and face. You can decide that you're willing to get uncomfortable. You're willing to feel vulnerable. You're willing to put yourself out there and feel more of those uncomfortable emotions. You can also control how many questions you're willing to ask and how much effort you're willing to put into the conversation to make sure that you make yourself useful. You can also decide how much you're willing to interrupt and how much you're willing to participate in the conversation messily, which is also connected to how much discomfort you're willing to face. Because if you're going to be interrupting and you're just going to get in there and you're going to be more vocal, it's probably going to elicit discomfort. You also get to decide how long you're willing to practice being a part of these conversations and practice doing it messy until it starts to feel more natural. Are you willing to try it just once or twice? Or are you willing to keep at it until it starts to become more natural? Are you willing to endure the discomfort that comes with practicing something and making those deposits on the student loan or on the mortgage of your self-confidence until those situations start to feel more manageable. You are also in control of how much you're willing to look silly, how much you're willing to put yourself out there, how much you're willing to be vulnerable. That's something that you get to decide. Now, why I want to make this distinction between circumstance and willingness is because a huge tool that can help you navigate these situations and build a more resilient mindset and deepen your self-confidence is your ability to notice when you're getting stuck in circumstance and pivot to willingness. What typically happens when we're feeling challenged and we're in a situation that's really, really hard is we'll become very fixated on the circumstances. We'll fixate on the things around us that are feeling and making it hard. This is natural, right? Because we're experiencing something uncomfortable, so we become very focused and absorbed by that uncomfortable thing. But what happens is when we focus on circumstance and we focus on the things that are hard and immovable, we start to feel worse. It makes us feel heavy. It makes us feel discouraged. It makes us feel upset. And the more we focus on circumstance, the more we build up our belief that there's nothing we can do. Because circumstances are immovable. We cannot change them. They're outside of our control. The more time we spend fixating 
on the things that are immovable and outside of our control, the more that the entire situation begins to feel out of our control. And often we will get focused on circumstances and we won't even realize that what we're doing is we're hyper fixating on all of the things that make us feel bad and all of the places that we cannot problem solve our way out of. We cannot problem solve the actual circumstances. The circumstances themselves won't change. So when we stay on them and we linger on them, it's like we're solving an impossible puzzle and it makes us feel discouraged. All we can do is solve how we approach the circumstances, aka we can pivot from circumstance to willingness. Now, here's why willingness is so powerful and so important. When I think about willingness, I will use myself as an example, and I think about how much am I willing to commit? How much discomfort am I willing to face and tackle? How many questions am I willing to ask until I understand this and until I can make myself useful? How long am I willing to practice being bad at this until I start to feel comfortable and until I start to feel good at this? How much am I willing to look or feel silly or stupid until I get past that learning curve and messy middle and start to feel more confident and competent? And what I recommend doing is actually answering those questions. So I'm going to answer them as myself so that you can see how powerful this is. And I will do this mindset work for you like in real time. Like this is my actual mindset work. I'm not in the corporate world anymore. I now own and run my own business. So I have different goals, but this mindset work applies in the exact same way. So I'm gonna share it with you from my angle so that you can just see it applied, right? Like you can see how this works to keep me motivated so that you can experience it for yourself because I think that is what will be most impactful. So I'm now applying this to my personal career situation, right? So how committed am I to being helpful and making an impact? That is my number one goal. The thing that I'm here to do, the reason I'm sitting here, the reason I do the work that I do is to help and have an impact. So if I'm not doing that, I don't want to be showing up and doing this at all. So my commitment level there is 100%. That's what I'm here for. That never changes. That never wavers. How much discomfort am I willing to navigate and face as much as is necessary for me to create the outcomes that are important to me that I desire? Do I like discomfort? No. Is it pleasurable? No. Is it pleasant? No. Is my brain going to want to avoid it on default? Yes. Am I willing to intentionally move towards it and feel uncomfortable despite all of those things? 100%. I'm willing to do it because every time I do it, it moves me forward, closer to my goals. I make big strides. But not only that, every time I face discomfort and I make it through on the other side, my self-confidence grows I deepen my respect for myself, and I feel so much more unstoppable and badass. So do I like discomfort? No. Am I willing to feel discomfort because I see how valuable and important it is for my growth and for me to become who I want to be? Fuck yes. Okay, have to remember to put in the explicit warning on this one. Um, How many questions am I willing to ask to get the information that I need to be useful 
as many as I need to. I'm willing to keep going until I figure it out. I'm willing to ask those questions and look stupid publicly in front of other people. I'm not going to let a question or an unknown be the thing that stops me from something that's important to me and something that I want to achieve. How long, how long am I willing to be in the messy middle? How long am I willing to do this? How long am I willing to look stupid or be uncomfortable until I get good at it, until it feels more comfortable? As long as it takes. Do I want to be uncomfortable for prolonged periods of time? Hell no. Do I enjoy that? No. But am I going to stop after a prescribed period of time just because it's been uncomfortable? Absolutely not. As long as I'm seeing progress and that discomfort is moving me towards where I want to go and the trend line is going in the right direction, I'm going to keep riding that wave because I know that I'm making progress. And the last one, am I willing to look and feel stupid until it clicks into place? Am I willing to be vulnerable? Am I willing to embarrass myself? Yes, I'm willing to. I can survive those emotions. I will be okay. And yes, those things can be difficult. But in the end of the day, those difficult emotions are absolutely, for me, a price worth paying to build the career that I want to build, to become the person I want to be. I don't want to not reach my full potential and not become the person of me who I want to be because I was unwilling to feel embarrassed or I was unwilling to be vulnerable or I was unwilling to look stupid. Those are just sacrifices that I'm not willing to make. And plus, every time I look stupid and I come out the other end, I have such a deeper respect for myself and my confidence is so much more solid because it's not this shaky surface level confidence that I've built trying to just look amazing and smart all the time. I can handle whatever. I can handle embarrassing myself. I can handle a failure. I can handle discomfort. I can handle all of the things. Now, for me, When I think about my willingness and I look at that list and I reflect on, I'm willing to do this for as long as it takes. I'm willing to look stupid. I'm willing to ask questions until I can figure it out. When I think of those things, I start to feel on fire because I start to reconnect with the part of me that remembers that I get to decide, that I'm the one making decisions about my own growth and about how much risk and discomfort I'm willing to put into the process. And that makes me feel motivated to show up, to try harder, to make more effort. And what I want to point out in this episode and what's so important for you to take away is that when we focus on the immovable circumstances, all of the hard things right, that we cannot control, it makes us feel stuck and heavy. But when we focus on willingness and when we focus on what we're willing to do, what we're willing to put in, what uncomfortable emotions we're willing to feel, what kind of commitment we're willing to stand by, all of a sudden we start feeling like we can move things forward. Does that mean it's going to be easy? No. Does that mean all of the problems are going to magically go away? No. Does that mean the difficult circumstances are going to disappear? No. But what it does mean is that we're now in a position where those circumstances are not a dead end. They're not a wall. They're a door. And what we're connecting with within ourselves is I'm willing to be a bit more uncomfortable and push myself a bit harder so that I can open this door and stop treating it as a wall. And so next time you go into a difficult meeting or a difficult conversation, I want you to try to focus less on the circumstances and more on the willingness. What are you willing to do? in those meetings with those intimidating stakeholders 
regardless of what circumstances are presented to you. And you want to decide that and you want to be clear on that in advance so that when you face those circumstances, you have a clear roadmap for how you want to show up and you use every single difficult interaction to practice showing up as that version of you. And listen, it's messy, right? You're not going to get it perfect in the beginning. You're going to have times where you go in fully willing to look stupid, fully willing to be uncomfortable. And the circumstances will sometimes still overwhelm you. And you're going to build your muscle of becoming stronger than the circumstances and not letting the circumstances overwhelm you. And then what's going to happen is those immovable circumstances are going to stop feeling so big and so difficult. Just like when you play the same Mario level over and over and over The obstacles don't seem nearly as hard as when you first started doing that level. They're exactly the same, but you've practiced moving through them. You've gotten better at it. It's the same exact situation in your professional life. If you put in the work to focus on willingness and to practice being willing to be uncomfortable and to practice showing up as that version of you, rather than completely fixating on all the difficult circumstances that are out of your control, You're going to get better at having a voice in those meeting rooms, and those circumstances are no longer going to feel so big and so overwhelming to tackle. That was my experience. I remember hating, like in the beginning of my career, I hated team check-ins, just check-ins with my team and our team lead where we would have to go around and say what we were working on that day or say what we accomplished the day before. It was a room, it was like a room full of peers, right? 90% of the people in the room were literally my peers and there was one person, maybe one level above me and I literally hated that and I got to a point later in my career where all of a sudden I was in a company and the company got restructured. And because everyone on my team had been moved somewhere else, they were like, oh, Jess, like, I guess you're going to be the person sharing our strategy with the CFO. And I remember being like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I get to talk to the CFO. Like, I get to be in a room with such a senior executive. And I think back to like, wow, that circumstance used to be completely overwhelming. That circumstance used to be one that I felt like I absolutely couldn't handle, but I got to a point where I could. So I hope this serves as a reminder to you that regardless of what the circumstances are, you get to choose your willingness. Decide how much you're willing to commit to being helpful in those rooms. Decide how much you're willing to commit to feeling discomfort. Decide how long you're willing to commit to your process. Like Make these decisions ahead of time so that the circumstances no longer feel like this thing that's just getting in the way and stopping you, but they just feel like an obstacle that you are in process of moving through. They go from feeling like these permanent blockers to these temporary walls that you are eventually going to transform into windows and doors. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to today's episode. If you want to do more mindset work and grow your willingness to face difficult circumstances so that you can find your voice in these meeting rooms and have a bigger impact in your job, I can help you with this inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. A huge part of that program is mindset work and helping you get better at staying flexible and adaptable when you are facing difficult circumstances, when you are experiencing self-doubt, when you are second-guessing yourself. All of those things are normal and natural, and your ability to make powerful choices and to take stronger actions despite those things can get better 
as you grow your mindset and your resilience, which I will help you with in the Art of Speaking Up Academy, so that you can use your voice more often. You'll get to do the mindset work and you're going to learn the communication skills you need to sound crisp and credible when you speak. Communication is truly one of the most powerful levers for advancing your career because communication is how the influential people at your organization experience you. They don't get to watch you doing your work. They just see you communicating the end results of it to them. And so I want to make sure that your communication when you are in those rooms is strong and powerful and highly effective in pushing your career forward. The upcoming round of the Art of Speaking Up Academy will likely be opened only to those on the waitlist. So please make sure you are on the waitlist by going to jessgazitcoaching.com slash academy and adding yourself. I will drop the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here and I'll catch you in next week's episode.